Hi, I'm Justin Boyd. And I'm Brittany Pacheco, and we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to, to look back at the first Ant-Man, because Brittany, as you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out next week. As we're recording this, February 9th, the movie opens next week, February 17th. I'm actually going to see it on the 16th. Nice. So we so that's the third Ant-Man film. We thought, you know, before the third one, let's go back. Let's talk about the first one. Next week, we're going to review Ant-Man and the Wasp, the second one. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to look back at the Ant-Man trilogy. Um, yeah, the Ant-Man movies. Uh, <laughs> so this movie, Ant-Man, is the 12th film in the MCU, and it's the final one in Phase 2. Whereas Ant-Man and the Wasp Quatomania will kick off phase five. So we're going back to phase two today. Mm -hmm. Let me give you the facts before we get into our thoughts about the movie. So Ant-Man, the first one, release date July 17th, 2015. Runtime of two hours, one minute, which you know, if you've watched or listened to this podcast, you know, I love the two hour runtime. Perfect spot for you. <laughs> Very. Yeah. I like that. I like the, you know, two hours is plenty of time to tell a good story, which I think this movie does spoiler mm -hmm. alert. Um, the box office for this movie was 519 million, which is, you know, on the lower end for most MCU movies, but for a character like Ant-Man for its debut, that's a, that's a lot of money. So mm -hmm. it did very well. Of course, uh, it's directed by Peyton Reed, who also went on to direct the second movie and is directing Quantumania. So he's directing all three of the Ant-Man movies, which that's the first time in MCU, MCU history where we had a director direct the entire trilogy of the character's films. So nice. That's pretty interesting. Commitment's um, always good, especially like when you've been there from day one and you know the story, you know the characters like that's always good just for continuity purposes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the cast, I'll just run through the cast real quick. So it's Paul Rudd, of course, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Corey Stoll, Bobby Cannavale, Michael Pena, T.I., Anthony Mackie, and David Dismelchin, which is tough to say. but That uh, is a tough name to say. I'm glad you said it, not name, me. Yeah. <laughs> David Dismelchin. I think that's right. Anyway, he plays Kurt, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So Brittany, um, we're doing this rewatch. The movie came out, you know, eight years ago. Do you remember like when you first saw this movie and how does what you thought about the movie back when you first saw it, how does it compare to recently rewatching the film? So eight years ago, one, it's hard to believe that this was done eight years ago. It's yeah. from phase two. It's the 12th movie in the MCU, which is bonkers to think about. And we were at what thirty something movies, and well, we're in phase five, or almost yeah, thirty something movies. 30, and we're at phase. So, Ant Man: The Wasp: Quantumania will be the thirty first movie. Oh, but Brittany, geez. as you know, when they reached thirty, we ranked all thirty movies. So, if you're yep. watching us now on YouTube or listening later on on uh, Spotify, just <laughs> click on the description below. You can click on our how we rank the first thirty films because uh, that was a fun podcast. But uh, that that was that was an unintentional plug in. But hey, it worked yeah, out. There we go. <laughs> There you go. Watch our content, subscribe, like, yes. leave comment. Leave yeah. It. So now we're approaching our 31st MCU movie. And I mean, we've come a long, long way. And, and to answer your question, I, like many others, did not know anything about Ant-Man. I've said it here before. I'm not a comic book 
reader. It's just something I've never gotten into, but I've always really appreciated Marvel and what they've brought to the big screen. And so with Ant-Man, I was a little torn because I, it just seemed, I don't know, it, it, it sounds almost blasphemous to say just because I'm so, I'm a short person. <laughs> you think a character that, that can get so super small would be like, oh my God, I can understand and I can relate kind of thing. But no, uh, what got to me obviously was Paul Rudd. Love him in Clueless. I've, I've loved him in other other movies and things of that nature. But, you know, the man doesn't age. So it's like, well, hey, Paul Rudd, that's cool. Love the fact that Michael Douglas is also in this movie as well as a, a couple of other people. We'll get to that later. But, you know, I didn't know anything about Ant-Man. And honest to God, I don't remember if I did see this in theaters or if I saw it afterwards. But I will say the first time I watched it, I wasn't super impressed. I was entertained. Like the action, the the comedy, the kind of just the work through of explaining who Ant-Man is. But at the same time, I just I wasn't solely captivated like I was with other MCU characters. So for me, Ant-Man's not ranked too high on my favorite MCU character list. But I, I have definitely watched the movie several times, maybe not in its entirety since the first time I watched it. But even with this rewatch, I thought to myself, you know what? This this movie, I didn't give it enough credit. Like this movie, I think is better on the rewatch than the very first time you watch it. And probably because you're trying to absorb who this character is, the origins and, and everything of that. I, I think it's better on the rewatch. Just my opinion. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you because like, so this movie, so full disclosure, I wasn't really in on the MCU until about 2018 or 2017, 2018, whenever you convinced me to start watching the movies. The only movies I'd seen the MCU prior to that were I'd seen Iron Man on TV. I'd seen the Hulk on TV. The Hulk was since I was a kid is always one of my favorite characters. The fact that you have this like guy who could Hulk out and become a rage monster really kind of appeals to my sensibilities. If you know me. Um, <laughs> so I saw the incredible Hulk and then I, the only movies I'd seen in theaters prior to this one were, well, not, not even prior to this, but I saw the first guardians movie because it seemed like it was like a new take on star Wars, by the way, it's way better than any star Wars movie besides the original ones, of course. And I saw guardians two with you and some of our friends. We saw that also that that was in 2017. So whenever I started doing my rewatch of all the MCU movies in 2018, actually just prior to when we launched this podcast, we're coming up on five years of doing this podcast. That is bonkers. Yeah. So whenever I was going through all the movies, and as we mentioned before, this is the 12th film in the MCU. I was watching them just kind of how I could like, this is a movie as are many of the MCU movies where if, you know, on the weekends, if if you have access to FX or TBS or TNT or USA, they're showing MCU movies on a loop on the weekends, right? And so b- back when I did my rewatch, I was either watching movies that way on the t- those TV channels or I was like renting them off of Amazon, right? So I'm going through these movies and quickly like Captain America, as I'm wearing a shirt today, became my favorite character. I enjoyed, of course, Iron Man's a great movie. And Ant-Man was just kind of one of those like yada yada kind of movies where I watched it <laughs> because I needed to watch it. I didn't hate it. I just didn't, 
I didn't really pay it a whole lot of mind. I just kind of like watched it. I thought it was fine. And then I was like moving on to the next one. Right. Because I had like, you know, 20 movies or whatever to watch before <laughs> infinity war. So I was trying to get caught up. Yeah. Or maybe it was before black Panther. Cause I saw, we, we saw black Panther in the theaters. Together. Black Panther was 2018. Yeah. So, no, and yeah. it was before infinity war also. So, mm-hmm. right. So anyway, so needless to say, this is a movie prior to rewatching this just a couple of days ago. I had not really seen it in its entirety. And I mean, like I said, it's, it's been, it's on TV or has been on TV over the years quite often. And I'll catch parts and pieces here and there, but I, I haven't sat down and rewatched it, but upon rewatch, I really enjoyed this movie. I think this is like a really good movie. And to me, this movie kind of shows just like the quality of the MCU where the, you know, Again, we we mentioned that we ranked all 30 of them. This movie was not highly ranked by any means on our list. Not that we don't want to spoil where it was because we want you to watch it and check it out and tell us what you think about our list. <laughs> but this is a really good movie and I enjoyed it. And like you said, I think it's much better on the rewatch. And I, th- I think like having seen where the MCU goes and now we're heading into a 38 man movie, which we both like the second one a lot. We saw that movie with Frank. You, oh, you didn't like Ant Man and the Wasp? Uh, I I actually prefer Ant Man over Ant Man and the Wasp. Okay, I mean, I think they're close. No. By the way, in our <laughs> well, by the way, in our rankings, they're they're ranked very close. So again, check yeah, out our true. ranking spot. That was a <laughs> we put a lot of effort in that one, and it was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, you'll but, get my uh, thoughts on on all those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I really enjoyed this movie on the rewatch, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean. As you mentioned before, a big part of it, it's Paul Rudd. He's like, we always talk about the casting in the MCU and he's, how they're they're so good. Yeah, he's like so like perfect for this role. Mm-hmm. And like you, I, I mean, I had heard of Ant Man like as a kid. I, I knew I knew the name and I kind of knew what he looked like, but like I wasn't a big comic book kid either. But I, I did some research, and you know, like uh, Scott Lang, who is the second Ant Man in Mm -hmm. the history of this character he's been ant-man since like the late 70s in the comic books so wow it was an interesting choice how they just you know hank pym obviously is the original ant-man they the mc decided to choose scott lang and the way they set that up in the in the movie and how they tell the story and you know hank pym has this uh background with shield and you know he creates this this suit where he can shrink down and increase you know he as he shrinks in scale he you know, increases strength and speed and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought the way they chose the second version of this character was really smart. And this movie just works for me. I really enjoyed the rewatch. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's I, I haven't watched it as often as I'll watch other MCU installments or yeah. products. Of, like I, I will if I could and really wanted to be that annoying. I would sit there and rewatch Civil War again and again and again because I think it's just one of the better movies out there. Same with Winter Soldier. I mean, there, there's a plethora of other MCU movies that I would rewatch before I get down to like Ant Man, let's say. Yeah. But again, I have to say with confidence, I did not give it a fair shot. And I think I need to rewatch it a couple of more times to really be like, you know what? 
I was 100% wrong about this movie. Like this this movie is really good. Like it's not on the same level as your Captain America, Iron Man, you know, those really more well-established and known characters. But like, I think what separates it is the fact that with the casting of Paul Rudd, he knows when he needs to be serious. He knows when he can be funny. He knows when, I mean, he, he he's, he's versatile. He, he can do it all. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I love the personality that they chose for Scott Lang. And that's just Paul Rudd, you know, it, it's well, it's very well done in my opinion. Yeah, no, it, it's a, it's a fun, it was a fun rewatch. I really enjoyed it. Uh, well, real quick, Justin, shout yep. out to McDorks in yep. the chat. Appreciate you being here. He says, Christian says, I give it two antennas up. That's clever. Great. That's I a great it. comment. Yeah, that's, love that's awesome. It. That's awesome. <laughs> let's get into some of the things we liked about honestly i don't have really any you know whenever we do these rewatches i always like to do okay likes and dislikes i don't really have any dislikes honestly so let's just talk about i don't know if you do but let's talk about our likes first if you if you do um the first off like the way they did the de-aging technology on michael douglas in the beginning that's amazing like it's so convincing i think it's one of the best uses of that technology and any movie i've ever seen i mean and that's because they brought back um what's his name in star wars yeah um, i was gonna say luke skywalker no not him well no <laughs> Talk, i mean no i'm talking no, about the old man the no, old but, man from the oh, first oh what's his name uh oh god <sighs> tip of my tongue he's the old yeah. man with the long face anyway it doesn't matter they they right. use the same technology to try to bring him back and just it just wasn't well done the, the recent of luke skywalker and the mandalorian was like a close second, but I honestly believe that this Michael Douglas de-aging is the best oh, I've ever cool. seen. Yeah. No, I mean, remember, cause so Luke Skywalker, he was in the, when they brought him back the first time it was in the second season of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It didn't look great when mm-hmm. they had him in the Boba Fett season. It looked better, but it's still yeah. like ways behind this, uh, the technology or the way they made Michael Douglas look. I mean, I mean he like he was in his like 40s or 50s or whatever. Exactly. I you mean, thought well, it was I mean, him. It was him, but like the way they made him look. But you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. The way they made him look like he was, you know, yeah. 30, 40 years ago. It's pretty, yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. So um, Christian, Christian says amazing de- aging. It was a lot yeah. better than them aging Peggy Carter looking older. It was a little awkward uh, with the two in the same scene, yet Hank looked better. Listen, you're not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, You're I don't know. Like, wrong with Peggy Carter. I'm not sure if they used the aging te- or aging technology or if they just like had her put on makeup and stuff. Because that's to I'm me, that's what with, it's like. I'm going to go with that, too. Yeah. yeah like, but even so, like to age her up, yeah, right. it, it wasn't as well done as de-aging Michael Douglas. No, I was about to call no. him Kurt Russell for some dumb reason. Right. <laughs> Fake well, man. <laughs> Kurt Douglas is, was. Michael Douglas' dad. I, mean, I, I know, but yeah. I was going to say Kurt Russell, but yeah, two yeah, different yeah. two different actors. Anyway, he's in another MCU movie. Yeah. He is. We're not going to talk about that one. Right. Uh, so, anywho, yeah, no, the aging was the de aging was just uh, off, like from the jump, like when you first see him walk in, and you're like, "Damn, yeah, that's really him." Like you believe it. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, just the special effects in general in this movie, all the ant stuff, you know, the shrinking stuff down and like you know the they're fighting at the very end of the movie when yellow jacket and ant-man are fighting on the train set the kids Mm -hmm. train set 
the bathtub scene when he shrinks down he's in the bathtub oh gosh yeah really all the scenes with the different kind of ants and everything like like it looks really good like mm-hmm. i better than the tech honey better, i shrunk the kids <laughs> well yeah i mean for its for its day honey i shrunk the kids looked great too and it probably it's one of my favorite looks, movies yeah but what i'm saying is like the the way the effects look in this movie from 2015 mm-hmm. is much better to, in my view than the movies we saw this past year from the mcu yeah and you I, know what? And to me yeah. like special effects don't make or break anything to but i do think that when they're as good as they're in this one i think you have to like highlight them and go hey that's kudos to you because it that's right. impressive really cool to do that yeah for sure i mean the just to understand the scale of things christian says oh my god the train set was just funny loved it yep. yeah yep. to see thomas the train engine which was one of the shows i grew up watching and absolutely loved it's just funny to one because you don't typically think that a train set would be in a little girl's bedroom you know just like people think oh girls don't like legos yes we do i love legos over here i will spend the money for legos but but just to add that element into the bedroom and then again scale to understand just how small these two are yellow jacket and ant-man and to also see just how strong they are to pick up these, these wooden blocks and pick up the train. And of course, at one point you see that Scott throws his little, I can't think what they're called, the little um, darts that can either shrink or, or grow. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They're, I think they're yeah. called darts, but mm-hmm. he throws the, the one to uh, enlarge and, and then you just, just see a giant ass Thomas train engine bust out of the house and and it's on top of this cop car and then the eyes are just going back and forth back and forth and just like what do you do like how do you how do you respond to that but i mean those elements were just incredible to to see and i think they're like you said that they were just well done overall the the bath scene all kind of got to me again just because i haven't watched the movie in so long and just forgot oh my god how scary it must be for something that small to be over overtaken by water. Yeah. Right. I mean, just water alone can be scary, but <laughs> on that scale and you're just like, how do I escape this? Yeah. It's, it's really. Or like when he encounters the rat, you know, and he's the size oh, of an ant, no. like the rat looks like a, you know, a Freaking bear or something. Or bear, yeah. 10 or times the size of a normal bear compared that. to us. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like, I will say Luna started barking <laughs> when she saw that rat on. on yeah, the it's screen. a big rat. Yeah. Well, she's got a history with rats, but we won't get into that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that's probably the most impressive thing about the movie is just this, the way they showed the scale of, of things and the perspective of an ant. You know, from mm-hmm. from a person to an ant, and yeah, yeah, it's it's such a cool, such a such a cool thing that they're able to do in this movie. Um, For sure, I want to share. Uh, Christian says that one thing he he'd say out of all the MCU characters, I really haven't seen a character development of Scott Lang like the way we met him. It didn't add up from his reputation. Yeah, you know, I can uh, I can kind of agree to that because like when we first meet Scott Lang in this movie is he's going through some sort of weird i don't know if you go call it tradition he's leaving san quentin and it's like yeah. you know san quentin by by reputation are like you have to have done like a hardcore crime in order to end up there right yeah. i mean it's outside of san francisco what have you but 
this is a guy who like took out a company from within hacking right. into a s security system to you know give back money to the people who uh, either invested it or the company just stole from what have you but it's like you have to appreciate it in a way because like he stuck it to the man and he's really smart right, right. but it just it doesn't really seem fitting because he's like i'm a cat burglar he's really smart he goes to san quinn well just because the sheer amount of money that he i, I guess so. from this company yeah. that's the why he's in a maximum security right kind of place yeah that that that's the the way to i guess explain it i guess i guess so but yeah it, it's kind of like the the crime doesn't really fit the character it seems like he he probably was just on the straight and narrow, and then he saw that corruption was happening. He's like, I'm going to do something about it, and he did. Got busted and spent three years in prison and lost out time with his daughter. I, I guess, I don't know if he was with his his child's mother or married or not. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, it almost doesn't really seem fitting in a weird way. It's just kind of like a rando, rando guy that Hank Pym apparently just decided, hey, that's the guy. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he did, but he does. He took out a company from within. <laughs> no, but he, they did, he does mention that he has a degree in electrical engineering. He I does. believe. Yeah. yeah so, he's, mean, smart. He's, he's, he's smart. He's smart guy. And you know, Hank Pym, like you mentioned, he mentioned that, Hey, the reason why he chose Scott Lang, and there's a couple of reasons. Scott even mentions himself that, Hey, he's expendable. That's why he can put him in the suit. If something happens, whereas, you know, hope, which is, Hank Pym's daughter, played by Evangeline Lilly, he didn't want to risk putting her in the suit, something terrible happening. Scott Lang is expendable, but also, like you said, he he, you know, infiltrated this this company that he worked for and their high-powered security system. He was able to crack that and steal all this money. So obviously Hank Pym recognized that this guy can can do a lot of uh you know incredible things. And so yeah, that's for sure. part of why he was chosen also. For sure. And and Christian makes a good point. He it says, yeah, like they try to make it seem he had a rough life, but he was funny, quirky dude coming out of prison. And after everything, even after Infinity War, stayed the same. Which I think is is great. I mean, given the <laughs> what led up to Endgame, you know, Scott Lang was stuck in the quantum yeah. quantum realm for what he said was more like five hours when it was five years. Yeah, right. Remember, he wasn't in an Infinity War. But I said leading up to Endgame. Right, right, right. That's, that right. was what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, dude has step, stayed pretty grounded, right? Yeah. And he's still that same quirky, funny guy. He He's serious when he needs to be. He's he's comedic when he needs to be. I mean, the, the one moment that stands out in Ant-Man, when I just thought he's trying to be serious, but he's also just being stupid at the same time, is when he and Hope are making out outside of the doorway and Hank opens the door and he's like, what's happening? And Scott's like, oh, yeah, something is definitely happening. And yeah. he's like, Hope, like, how can you go and just like start kissing me like that? Like, shame yeah. on you, basically. <laughs> it's just so funny. And and Hank calls him out. He's like, Scott, you're full of shit. He's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's it's great humor. It's just yeah. Humor. I mean, I definitely think that Paul Rudd brings some some. He, he brings Paul Rudd to the character, you know. So like, I'm sure yeah. Scott Lang in the comics is not as probably not as charming, not as funny as. <laughs> Paul Rudd is so like some of that yeah. Paul Ruddness is going to rub off on the character and and make the character you know a oh, better yeah. more likable character so without a doubt um, without so, a doubt it, it fits it fits and then even the people around him mm -hmm. like his crew 
You know, I don't know if that's how you were segueing to other people, but yeah, like yeah. we got to talk about Luis, like Michael Pena. That's the next as... thing. Yeah. I was going to talk about his, uh, just another big highlight in this movie. I think for most people, this might be the highlight is his storytelling, how he tells these stories <laughs> it is. and how he, he, he like, you know, he, he mentions all kinds of detail and not the most important stuff. He has all these crazy stories. And I think that, um, <laughs> That's something people want more of. And I don't think he's not even in quantum mania to my knowledge. So uh, that's disappointing. Yeah. I mean, well, he's not billed as being in the movie. Maybe he'll appear. Who knows? But, he's got to uh, have a cameo. I mean, there, how, how do you not have Luis telling a story? It, I mean, how do you, how do you just not include him? That's just very yeah. sad. That's very disappointing. I mean, cause like you said, the way that he tells the stories with the unimportant details, but he's just like, I'm so excited. Like I just, I just get so excited and he's just running a million miles an hour to, <laughs> and then at the very end of, of this movie, cause they're talking about how his cousin, he was at a, at a museum and then his cousin talked about, Oh, I met this crazy, stupid, fine chick, you know, who's, who's a writer. And she's right. like, yeah, I got approached by an Avenger and he's, you know, this and that. And through a series of events, basically, uh, Falcon, who's in this movie, is the Avenger looking for Scott Lang. And it's like, hey, did did they tell you this? Because I'm tight with Ant-Man and, and you know, whatever. And Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, Scott Lang's like, and? He's like, dramatic pause. Yeah. They said yes. <laughs> and it's like a weird smile. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just so funny. It's such a funny character to include because he's like, oh, yeah, daddy doesn't get scared. <laughs> daddy did get scared. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I think, like I said, that's a highlight for the for the movie. I think people want want more of that in future movies. If I mean, honestly, a Michael Pena slash Luis, like if he could just tell the story of the MCU, that would be a great, you know, his version of like a ten minute version of the the first four phases. That would be great. That would never happen because no. he's going to throw in all sorts of unimportant facts. No, I mean, but it, it mean it'd be it would great be to like watch, a ten though. hour. It would be a ten hour version of like, we've got time, breaking down. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's cool. Yeah, and then like the rest of the crew is uh, Ti. He's in the he's a part of the group, and then like I mentioned before, David Desmalchin, who plays Kurt. Mm-hmm. So you have Ti as Dave, and you have David Desmalchin as Kurt. Um, they're basically they basically become like his like. Uh, He's like a team, a former like. I guess they're all like ex cons who are. Uh... Maybe, they've all done shady stuff. They, yeah. They're yeah. they're known. Maybe they're known thieves, robbers, whatever you want to call them. But yeah, they they help out with Hank Pym's ultimate plan, which is to overthrow his former protege's work to developing his own version of the Pym particle, which is the particle that's allows the ant-man suit to work and shrink and what have you and so hank is like you know this is dangerous this is dangerous to get out into the world especially in the wrong hands and so the idea is to get scott lang to infiltrate but you got to expand the team in order to just make the plan work seamlessly and so you got to recruit Luis and Dave and uh Kurt so you you get these addition additional guys to uh to help out and it's it's funny it's funny it's good i mean TI's got a moment where <laughs> he he goes and steals a cop car and he's just laughing about it and you know he's he's cool and then Kurt uh 
in this movie, we don't really get too much of Kurt mm. as we do in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. But, uh, you know, these are guys who know their craft. Yeah. Yeah, they each play their part and it, it's, you know, it, it works out in the story. I think it's, the, you know, usually they, they utilize the cast pretty well. You know, mm-hmm. like, I was going to ask you, what did you think about Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, the daughter of Hank Pym? How, how do you think she comes off in this movie? Initially, I was very conflicted. Uh, for one, I don't remember if if I saw her first in this movie or if I saw her in The Hobbit. I, I honestly can't remember off the top Probably of my head. Probably The right Hobbit, because those movies came out. When did they come out? Did they come out like in. I don't remember right. They may have, the top I, of think, my head. I think they came out a little bit before this movie. They had okay. To, yeah. Well, I just knew I just knew that she was also in the Hobbit, and I, I really liked her character in the Hobbit. Uh, with this one, it, her character Hope Van Dyme, she's the daughter of Hank Pym. It, it, it seems like there's an estranged relationship, even though like she works at Pym Tech and works for the protege that. Hank Pym doesn't want to know anymore and wants to overthrow. So initially it's like, oh, how could you like as a daughter, how could you like go against your dad and vote him out of his own company? But then you see it's like, oh, okay, she's actually working with her dad to help overthrow the one who took over the company. But like they have like a very hot and cold relationship. And that to me just it didn't sit well. But then when you understand her feelings towards her dad because of what happened to her mother. It, it's understandable. It's still like heartbreaking. But when you see towards the end of the movie, when the plan is in motion and, and Hank ends up getting shot, you hear hope say dad. And like, she's, she's concerned because throughout the movie, she refers to him as Hank or Dr. Pym. She doesn't refer to him as dad. Right. Or really acknowledge that she's his daughter. Like she just has so much animosity to him. So for me, it was a conflicting kind of, feeling towards her like yeah because you can tell that she knows that whatever happened to her mom is not with the not you know dad her dad says that she her mom died in a plane crash right and she doesn't believe that she doesn't know what happened but she doesn't yeah. believe that's the truth and of course we later on we find out that is in fact not the truth you know his uh janet van dyne was also wearing a ant-man or she was the wasp the original mm-hmm. wasp was wearing a also a, a shrinking suit and yeah. she you know basically you know hank thinks that she perished right or he, he thinks she's in the quantum realm which we learn on later on learn that she is in the quantum realm in fact and you know spoiler spoiler alert, <laughs> that's going to be a big part of ant-man and yeah. the lost quantum mania is her look you know her time in the quantum realm which i believe is what 20 years or 30 years she's gone uh something like that it's I think one like of 30, the yeah, 30 years yeah so yeah. that's a yeah, big part of the the, the father daughter um struggle in this movie mm-hmm. and, know, and i i can understand that i mean people have estranged relationships with their parents and family and i don't know like i said i just i felt conflicted i thought it was cool that she is a badass in her own right you know she she was the one who taught scott how to how to punch and right. fight and yeah. what have you the only criticism i have towards her the only real criticism i have that haircut does nothing for her Oh my God, Evangeline Lilly is like, she's a beautiful woman, but that haircut does nothing for her. That's just yeah. being <laughs> really, really meticulous and just. I feel like she wore hey. a lot of wigs this movie. 
You know what I mean? It always looks like a wig with her. So yeah. 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 I don't know. It just, I've had that haircut before and I I don't think it looked well on me. I didn't think it looked good on her either. So maybe, maybe that's where I have my dislike. Yeah. You mentioned about how she uh, helped uh, train Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. The the training montage in this movie is it's pretty spectacular. Honestly, like as as Hank Pym is telling, you know, Scott Lang about the suit, the history of the suit, how it works and all that stuff. Then she's like doing like her she's like this Muay Thai master. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's helping him with the physical combat part of it. And yeah, yeah, that's a really good, really good training montage. I, I was impressed by that because I, I kinda, I'd kind of forgotten about that, you know, because like <laughs> this movie, the things I remembered were I, I've always liked the Ant-Man suit. I think the suit looks pretty cool. I always liked the uh, Luis, you know, storytelling and the special effects and the ants and everything. That stuff was always very cool. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff about this movie that I kind of had forgotten. And uh, Mm -hmm. that montage was pretty solid. It definitely is. I mean, the going back and forth, like the physicality of it. And then you see Scott like working on the suit and he wants to make a change to the regulator. And Hank's like, no, you can't do that. You get the explanation of what would happen if you went subatomic. And then you see how Scott's still training in the suit to try to shrink, go through a door keyhole and then, you know, come back out normal sized. Right. So that whole sequence of him just crashing into the door every single time and the reactions of Hank and Hope and, and Hope at one point, she's just like useless <laughs> like she's yeah. she's just really upset that her dad chose this random ex-con over her who's been training her whole life to right. take the suit and and do the things that would right wrongs if you will right so uh yeah this training sequence was great and then the final the final part of that training sequence was to send scott off to take back a piece of like I think it was like a, a prototype that Hank had designed for for the time that he was in Shield. It's locked up in a Stark warehouse, and no, it's actually the Avengers facility in upstate right. New York. <laughs> I yeah. love that scene. I absolutely yeah. love that scene with yeah. Falcon. That's a highlight too, definitely. Yeah, the mm-hmm. whole fight with Falcon. Um, yeah, and then I love how it ends. Obviously, Ant Man gets the best of Falcon, <laughs> and. uh you know, Anthony Mackie as Falcon is like, you know, it's really important to me that Cap never finds out about this. You know, that that is. I a, mean, think about it. Do you, how do you explain to Captain America that you got bested by a dude that shrinks down to an ant size, but yet kicked your ass? Yeah, and but as powered your your suit. Come on. But, as he shrinks down, he gets more powerful, but also I know. Like, it is I know. impressive. I'd, I'd forgotten this too about that, about that, that fight scene is that even though Ant-Man was like shrinking and returned to normal size, as he was shrinking, Falcon did a pretty good job of keeping track of where he was, which, you know, the average person, the average superhero probably would have trouble with that. So like it was, I mean, I remember it is kind of a comedic fight, which it is, right? but I thought it was, I thought it was pretty impressive. Like it was, it was, it was more of like a, a back and forth battle than I think I remember. Well, and, and think about it. Hindsight Falcon, the name Falcon Falcons are like master yeah. hunters. No, and true. if you, yeah. you got your eye on the prey and he's got his, you know, his, his goggles, he's got his goggles yeah. and he, I mean, he's got abilities with, yeah. you know, with his, his suit and what have suit, you, but yeah. yeah, to, to be able to keep track of something that can 
you know, grow to be this tiny and, and come back and forth. Yeah, that's it is quite impressive. It is quite impressive. Yeah, it's but definitely yeah, that, one that of the most fun scenes. Yeah, in the movie. It is. Um, it is. You, you know, one thing about this movie that I think people who criticize this or who don't like this film as much, one of the main criticism is the villain. So Corey Stoll plays Darren Cross, who, you know, becomes Yellow Jacket. And Cross is a, as we've talked about, he's a former protege of Pim's, who's mm-hmm. now taken over Pim's company. It, you know, it's in the process of becoming uh, what cross industries or cross technologies, something like that. And, yeah. And he's trying to crack the code of the Pym particle. He's trying to figure out how Hank Pym did this. He, I mean, he knows that or he, he believes Hank Pym was able to create the Ant-Man the technology to shrink things. And he wants to obviously sell that technology to the, to the military. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, this character, it is a character where the, one of the criticisms of the MCU for a lot of the, a lot of the solo films is the villain is just like the hero has the same powers. It's just a different color suit or whatever. Right. <laughs> so you see that frequently in a lot of these comic book films, especially the MCU more or less, but I, I thought the villain, I, I think, you know, we understand the villains like reasoning and I think the villain in this movie is fine. I, I have no complaints about it. I mean, is it one of the top villains? No, he, like, he's not up there with Michael B. Jordan. He's not up there with Thanos, but, uh, or Loki, of course. But, I mean, pretty solid villain for this movie. What, what, what's your take on Yellow Jacket slash Darren Cross? So, for the character of Darren Cross, like, to get the background of him almost immediately we've said it, he's the protege of, of Nick, uh, Nick, just kidding, Hank Pym. Yeah. And he took over the company. He's been trying to figure out that, that Pym particle technology. And he does eventually crack the code. Like for one hard work pays off. Okay. I, I admire that with anyone, your intentions, however, you know, that's where we might defer, but he, he was doing the work or he had his team of scientists doing the work. Right. And to be able to develop that technology when you were not given anything from your protege, because obviously Hank Pym knew that this was going to be dangerous in the wrong hands because um, Darren Cross wants to sell the technology to Hydra. (laughs) Yeah. Not just the military, but also to Hydra. You're right. Hydra, You know, Hydra. Hydra, In the beginning, when he's giving his (laughs) friends, he's talking about selling it to the military or whatever, but then we later learn that it's Hydra. So, right. So, yeah. Um, So, you know, the intentions are not good, obviously. Yeah. But what I will, will say is the hard work that went into it. I, I do admire that out of him. It wasn't like he just stole it from somebody else. Like, no, he actually worked for it. The problem I have with Yellow Jacket is simply this. Once the particle was figured out, right, we saw him doing the testing on <laughs> one person who was taking part in this presentation. He he blasts him in the bathroom and he turns into goop, yeah. wipes him away, flushes yeah. him away. Oh, that guy was terrible. not a willing participant in the test. I mean, he, neither no. were the, the sheep or goats or the whatever they goats, used. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like the first goat too ended up in the same situation, turned into goop, which was sad. And when he finally gets it right, obviously he has the, he shrunk the little goat, what have you. Pardon me, but like he, we at least never saw any sequences of him training with the yellow jacket suit. Whereas we saw a whole montage of that with Ant-Man. So it's kind of like, it seems weird that the minute that he donned the suit, 
that he just like knew immediately how to function and yeah. manipulate the suit and it's the suit that has the power it's just the person yeah. has to learn how to manipulate it and and what one thing that they talk about with the pin particle or just the particle is that it alters your brain chemistry or it can alter your brain chemistry hank pym said that wearing the suit often took a toll on him physically so that was like the one major inconsistency i didn't like with this villain was that how the hell was he able to wear the suit and know exactly what to do and him not have any problems like like yeah i think the like i could probably counter is and i can't think of any examples you don't often see the villains have a training montage you know no no I mean? and that's what so, i said like we or, didn't like, get to see yeah, him right, doing right. anything it just it just kind of like on appearance it's like he put it on and like he knows what to do it's just i don't know that just didn't well I, I think well. he had i mean yeah i think just from the research and the information he found and just from what he knew that hank pym was able to do i think he can you're right i mean it's but it's a comic book movie so like that's just one right. small thing it's not real right but but for him for darren to kind of play the game i mean he played everybody like he he knew what hank was withholding he knew that hope was working with hank i mean he played the game like i kind of have to respect that you he played the game and he fooled everyone up pretty much up until the end and then he went kind of psycho and involved scott's adorable daughter cassie but uh yeah i mean i i kind of I'm not mad about him as a villain. I, I think he was just very smart, but he he doesn't rank high on my favorite like villains. Right, like, right. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's like, a like a, a bad part of the movie. I no. I think he's fine. I, I think the yellow jacket suits actually looks pretty cool. It does look cool. Like when yeah. when you see him in Cassie's room for the first time, and they're doing that, they're panning from the you know the ground or the floor up to him. I, I looked at that suit. And I'm like damn like that suit looks really cool like yeah. i'm sure it'd be a bitch to wear but like it looks cool yeah and you know i i think we're gonna see this character again in ant-man and the wasp quantumania so we'll see but what happens as yellow jacket i don't know we'll, we'll have to wait and see we're gonna review that movie very soon after yep. obviously we have to see it first which <laughs> might take a little bit for some of us but uh yeah we're, we'll talk about it but i think we're gonna see him again yeah no, I mean, I, I like Corey Stoll. I think the first time I actually saw him ever was in the Angelina Jolie movie, Salt. Okay. And he, his character was like a Soviet, like undercover Soviet spy of sorts who il- infiltrated NATO or something like that. So I, I think he's a brilliant actor. I, I, I think he brings a lot to his character. I, is the character the best? Probably not. But like, I, I wasn't mad. I wasn't yeah. mad for his his portrayal and what he brought at all no yeah so let's talk about scott lang's family now so we we meet his his estranged wife who's played by uh, judy greer his wife's Love maggie her. right and of course cassie lang the kid is adorable her name the actress's name is uh abby Ryder fortson she's so, so cute she's super cute and one of my favorite quotes in the movie because i've got some got some quotes we could talk about but the uh you know the stepfather played by bobby cannavale is a police detective for uh the san, san francisco, francisco police PD. yeah san francisco police department and you know once scott is gets out of prison once again using the ant-man technology they're looking for him and uh the little girl says i hope you don't i hope you don't catch him like the way she says it is so cute and it's like you know 
she because she's like, are you are you looking for my daddy? And he's like, yep. And then she and she knows like you know if they <laughs> catch him, he's going back to prison. So she's like, well, I hope you don't catch him. So she's so I, cute. I didn't do the delivery any justice, but it, it's yeah. very good in the movie. So it is no Cassie is just an adorable little girl. Like from the first time that we see her on screen, it's her birthday. Scott showed up uninvited. But she's just so excited to see him. Like he's been gone for three years. I mean, she's probably what five, six years old. So he's he's been gone like half her life, basically. And she's she loves that he's there. He gives her this gift. It's like this deranged looking stuffed bunny. Yeah. And when you squeeze it, it says, You're my best friend. And she's like, It's so ugly. I love him. Like they both have like this weird, twisted sense of humor. And it works like they just they have a great on-screen chemistry and uh, you could actually feel the love I, I really do feel like you could feel the love between paul rudd and and the little girl like it's it's so sweet i i absolutely adore her yeah no and then spoiler alert she's even better in the next movie <laughs> she really is Ant man of the wasp she's she's a big big character in that movie and she i, I mean she's it. actually a bigger character in quantum mania. It's a different actress, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, but we'll get to that when we get to it. So when we do, yeah. Yeah. But uh, another one of my favorite quotes is uh, when Michael Douglas, you know, when Hank Pym is talking to, to Scott Lang, explaining to him about the situation, the suit and everything. I like how Scott Lang, he's like, you know, the first thing we should do, shouldn't we call the Avengers? <laughs> like, should that be our first move? Like, I thought that was a great because, you know, in later movies, we, we learned that Scott Lang is like kind of a fan of the Avengers. A little Captain bit. America. Yeah. A little and bit. Like, I mean, honestly, like, like if you're living in that world with the Avengers or whatever, and you know about Iron Man and Hulk and Thor and all these Captain America, all these guys, like I, if I were living in that world, that's what I'd be like, yeah, shouldn't we like try to contact these guys? Cause like they've that's your saved the world and they're, you know, whatever. But then Hank Pym's it's, like, it's in know, their repertoire. You're yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> Hank, Hank Pym obviously has a history with the Avengers, not these Avengers, or he has a history with S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess, in the, in yeah. the, in the movie, or yeah. in, in the MCU. Definitely but with Stark Industries. Right. He makes a reference, though. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, but aren't they too busy dropping cities? You know, which is obviously this Sokovia. movie. <laughs> right. Comes right after uh, Age of Ultron. Age so of Ultron, yeah. I like the reference. I like the, uh, you know, the world building. It you know, makes you feel like you're, like, Yes, it's a solo story and it's a somewhat self-contained movie, but I like the references and the yeah. nod to the rest of the MCU, which I think Marvel has done such a great job with that mm-hmm. really throughout. And that's what makes it feel like an interconnected connected universe, even in movies that, you know, mm-hmm. don't aren't necessarily super connected. You do have those threads of the, the story and uh, for sure looking back on it like oh they're they're really smart the way they've done this and oh, it's yeah. it's a small line it's a, it's just a couple of hints here and there but it's enough to where you feel like ant-man's in the same world as captain america and iron man yeah. hulk and all these guys so yeah he's just on a on the opposite coast yeah and you know he's holding down the west coast while they hold down the east coast apparently so right. Right. yeah one of one of my favorite lines and it's not from any one of the main actors at all it's just kind of like a background character if you will uh he's paxton who is uh, more or less stepfather to cassie yeah he he's like you said he's pd so his partner 
which I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now, but it's the scene where they're at the house when yep. Yellow Jacket's there holding Cassie uh, captive. And Scott throws one of his darts to enlarge whatever objects are around him. And it just so happens to land on one of the carpenter ants. And they're one of the right. larger ants. I think it's a carpenter <laughs> ant. And the ant just, you know, grows and it's this massive thing. Yeah. Running running through trying to get out of the house. Paxton encounters it. He freaks out. I would too. Yeah. And when the when the ant runs out of the house, he runs past the mother, the the partner to Paxton and some other cop and and the partner says that's a messed up looking dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, right. Yeah. yeah and, and we're going to see that dog again in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. So get yeah. ready for that. Mm. And speaking of the ants, I like how he named the one that he rides Anthony. Anthony. That's a, that was very cool. It's actually name. a real name though. I mean, it, I mean to, it, which is funny because Tony Stark's name is actually Anthony, not Anthony. Well, yeah, but, but Anthony is actually like a real, real name. I think it's more UK based. Anthony. I know right. there's a character in Sweeney Todd whose name is Anthony. <laughs> so, yeah, useless knowledge just dropped right there. But yeah, right. no, it's it's smart and it's only appropriate to name an aunt Anthony. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I appreciated that. R.I.P. Anthony. Yeah, unfortunately. So sad. Wait, we know he lost a wing. So did is he gone? So I don't remember if we see him again or is that. I don't remember if we see him again. Yeah. For sure, not in this movie. If we see him in Ant Man of the Wasp, I genuinely do not remember because I have not done that rewatch just yet. Yeah, but I feel like he's referenced again or something, but maybe I'm, maybe there I'm might just be misremembering it. There might be an Anthony 2 or Anthony Jr. 2.0. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we for sure did see a wing. Like just yeah, land. Lost a wing. Yeah. By so. Also, this is the other thing that tripped me up with, with villain uh, uh, Darren when he's shooting at the swarm of flying ants and he's able to like pinpoint or maybe not, maybe it's just a fluke, but he, he he's able to shoot Anthony out of the sky. And it's just like, are you really that precise? Like, do you really have that precision of, of sight? Like that's really impressive. <laughs> well, maybe through the technology, obviously. Uh, I mean, but he wasn't wearing the suit at the time. He, he, oh, yeah, it yeah. was just him in the helicopter yeah. and he's pew, pew, yeah. pew, pew. Yeah. So. I think he's just shooting and like probably it's just kind of a lucky shot. So probably. Yeah. That's what I said. I think it's a fluke. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Um, the, I guess the next big thing to talk about is the there's a mid credit. And there's a post credit scene. Right. Mm -hmm. So the mid credit scene, we see uh, Hank Pym finally, you know, after what happens throughout the movie we see that he now he, he's like, you know what? I'm going to give hope her due. Like it's, you know, she deserves this. So he shows the uh, suit that he was working for, working on with his wife, Janet. And it's the wasp suit. What do you think about the wasp suit? It's a cool suit. It's yeah. a cool suit. I, 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 I'm, let me just say first and foremost, um, not a fan of insects. Okay. So, <laughs> I might be part of the other reason why I don't, I didn't particularly care for Ant-Man because you have Ant-Man, you have the wasp, you have yellow jacket. Like I don't like these, these beings at all. Not to mention I recently was stung by a honeybee. So that wasn't fun at all. But anyway, the suit looks cool though. 
in the in the second movie the reference is like you gave her wings like you know it's, right. it's kind of funny because ant-man is is having to fly on the back of an ant that can fly so uh yeah it's like well you know she's his daughter like why wouldn't why wouldn't he do something special for for her like come on just makes sense the suit looks cool at this point it's it's not complete yeah the idea is that he and hope will he hank and hope will work on it together and uh bond and create this wasp suit for her yeah but once again i think it's really cool how because in the comics uh ant-man and the wasp are two of kind of the founding members of the avengers so hmm. to this is the way to introduce the wasps with the second ant i mean obviously it's the second wasp in the second ant-man mm-hmm. i think they do a really good job in this movie to set that up um, yeah really how they've done them well with every character but I, I think this is a really good mid-credit scene that, that really shows you what you're going to get in the next movie yeah so for good sure mid-credit scene the post-credit's pretty cool too it involves uh, Falcon, and then we see Captain America. They find Bucky. His arm is in the vice, and they're trying to figure out what to do. You know, if they can get some help, and Falcon says, I know a guy, which is referencing <laughs> Ant Man, which we yeah. see later on in uh, Civil War. So, one of my favorites. Yeah. I like how he refers to him as Tic Tac. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great audition. It'll never happen again. <laughs> really cool i mean i yeah credit mid credits are great apparently there's uh we also have a mid credit and a post credit in ant-man and the wasp quantum mania which is okay up. And people are saying that the the response to the movie from what i've seen has been kind of mixed but mm. people are pretty high on the mid credit post credit scene so okay so definitely don't you know as always if you go see the the movie marvel is trained to stick around and watch <laughs> sit the credits look at your phone until you know yeah until it's time but there's a there's a mid credit and post credit also in quantum mania. So check that out. You know, you, you just said this and it just hit me. We need to do a pod on our favorite mid credits and post credits. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be great. Cause yeah. man, the Wakanda forever one fucking killed me. <laughs> Boo. hoo! Yeah. It's up there. Yeah. Tears. It, yeah. <laughs> Makes you feel some type of way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some of them that, you know, who knows, if and when they're ever going to get paid off, you know, that's fair. The Eternals one with, uh, <sighs> yeah, with, uh, what's the pop star's name? It completely skipped my brain. Who plays, uh, Thanos's brother? Oh, you're talking about Harry Styles. Harry you're Styles, about Star Fox. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I wonder when we're going to see, I wonder if and when we're going to see that character. So, don't know. Couldn't care less, truthfully. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. So, well, overall, Overall, I think uh, we should ultimately do that one day. The mid to yeah, post credit scene. That'd, that'd be a fun pod. And we'll hopefully get everyone else back on here to to discuss. But uh, to kind of uh, just overall with Ant-Man. Yeah. I think I think it's better on the rewatch. Truthfully, I really do think it's better on the rewatch. Christian uh, said it as well early on. He says, I've been watching it over and over again. I too didn't give it a chance either. And I'm loving the movie more and more. Scott Lang is underrated. So if you out there have been on the fence about checking out Ant-Man because Quantumania is about to come out next week, do yourself a favor, give it a chance, like give it an honest to honest chance. Like Paul Rudd's brilliant as Scott Lang and the chemistry he has with his, uh, his fellow 
castmates is just spectacular. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's like I said, I really enjoyed the rewatch, and mm-hmm. I've only seen this movie now probably twice total. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is definitely one I think I'm going to watch more because there's a lot yeah. of good stuff in this movie. The humor is pretty good. The action is is solid. Mm-hmm. The cast is great as always. Um, like yeah. I said, the MCU threads are are kind of mixed in there perfectly. It's it's just it's a solid movie. It's a you know like I think. Uh, I think if this movie were in phase four, it'd be probably the best movie of phase four. So Ooh. outside of, you know, no way home probably, but, uh, Ooh. yeah, I don't that's, know. I think, I think it's, no, I, I think it's, I think it's a pretty good film. It's, it's not bad. I, it's, I, I personally prefer it over its sequel. So that's just me. See, I like the sequel more the first time we saw these movies, but you know, we'll be watching Ant-Man the Lost next week and reviewing it. So, I might change my tune, so we'll have to, we'll have to find <laughs> out. But uh, so now, now that you know what we think about Ant Man on our rewatch, we want to know what you think about it. And Brittany, how can people let us know what they think about Ant Man? Let us know in the comments down below if you're watching this replay. We do appreciate Christian from McDorks who joined us for the live chat. We do encourage everyone to participate in our live chats. They're fun. They're engaging. We get your thoughts and get to talk about just the different opinions, perspectives, what have you. So please do join us in the live chats for future pods, not just for the MCU, but for our Yellowstone 1923 U, Netflix U is coming up. I'm very excited about that. And yeah, Quantumania is coming out next week. We're going to do Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, next week as well. So be sure to subscribe to this channel, like this video, leave a comment, of course. And of also, don't forget to follow us on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search at Watchers Basement. Use that same hashtag to help grow our audience. Send us memes, uh, articles, things that you want us to check out, and we'll put that on our list. And <coughs> click the wrong thing and sneezed instead. <laughs> uh, but we also have audio podcasts available to you on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks to Anchor.fm. Be sure to give us a five-star rating. Or sneezes, whatever works for you. (laughs) You know, it's funny because I sneeze a lot in real life, and I've never sneezed on one of these podcasts yet. So I probably just jinxed myself, and it's probably going to happen. Yes, you did. Yeah, speaking of like five, like we've been doing this for almost five years, and I've never sneezed on, on camera, so... Hmm. I'm proud of that accomplishment, honestly. So, but how many times have you muted your audio oh. because there's sirens? <laughs> yeah, well, I can't control that. But I can't yeah. control the sneezes either. So, yeah, yeah, this one crept up on me, kind of just yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> I can tell. But uh, yeah, give us a five star review. We appreciate it. And yes, uh, yeah, so thank you, Brittany. So for Brittany, this is Justin saying we'll see you next week when we review Ant Man and the Wasp as we head up to quantum mania. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a good evening. Bye-bye.